It's Monday. It's November 28th. And the word of the day is macaronic, which is an adjective that refers to the use of phrases containing pieces of more than one language combined together. Used in a sentence, the president-elect is in very little danger of using macaronic speech considering he's still working on just the English for now and doesn't use a foreign vocabulary very bigly. Oh, contrary, mi amigo. He is clearly using his own Trumpian language interspersed with English stupidies. I'm no <laughs> illusions. I'm Heath Enright, and broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On episode 41, the sky's downward trajectory will continue... Ginsburg and Breyer get fitted for a weekend at Bernie's rig, just in case. We'll begrudgingly acknowledge that newsworthy shit also happened outside of the U.S. And Donald Trump meets with the Serpent of Eden about heading up the Department of Agriculture. But first, the diatribe. Over the last couple of weeks, I've heard a lot of prominent voices telling me to stop calling Donald Trump voters racists. Even liberal media icon and sixth funniest smart person John Stewart came out to chastise his fellow lefties for smearing such a large swath of people with such a dismissive stereotype. And not to improperly humble myself before the great and powerful Stewart, but one can make a pretty solid argument that voting for a presidential candidate that said most Mexican immigrants are rapists and drug dealers is, in fact, a racist act, right? Definitionally, you know, rather than applying a stereotype, what these people are really saying is equivalent to all landlords that refuse to rent to black people are racists. But even if racist is the appropriate label, the larger point that a lot of these people are trying to make is still valid, which is to say that we shouldn't dismiss these people as racists, right? We shouldn't just throw up our hands and say, yeah, you know, racists are going to vote for the racists. What are you going to do? Because I'm sure we can all agree that not all of Trump's voters were motivated by racism. I mean, maybe the nation that made Duck Dynasty and 11 Kids and Counting top-rated shows really is that racist, but I don't think that's the case, and I can't write it off as wishful thinking because I think the truth might be just as terrifying. See, I believe that the majority of Trump supporters were probably turned off by his racism or his misogyny, but they voted for him anyway. They voted for him despite the bigotry because that's how fucking partisan we are. Right. They were willing to vote for a guy who is inarguably the least qualified person to ever run on a major ticket because he's on the red team and they're on the red team. And look, it wasn't always like this. Hell, it wasn't like this when I was a kid. Wasn't even like this when I was a young adult. And it's certainly not just as bad on both sides, but both sides do this shit, right? I mean, there's a ton of shit that Obama's done that way too many liberals have looked the other way on, myself included, just because they root for Team Blue. I mean, Obama has a people I'm going to kill list that is basically operated without oversight. And the liberals that said, you know, well, sure, but he only sends his flying murder bots out when he's really mad, managed to overlook the horror of that kind of power long enough to hand it to Donald fucking Trump. And look, yes, idiots voted for the idiot. But judging by the numbers, some rational people had to vote for him, too. Well, I, I mean, by definition, they weren't rational at the time, but some people who knew better voted for Trump because they wanted their team to win. We now have a substantial portion of the electorate that's willing to overlook the misogyny, the racism, the stupidity, the ableism, the backwards-looking foreign policy, the complete lack of experience, as long as it means their team can win. I mean, just look at any one of the self-inflicted campaign wounds this guy had. If, like, some actor or comedian or whatever was caught on video saying any of these things, you'd basically never hear from them again. 
And yet, as soon as you squint at this shit through the partisan kaleidoscope, millions of Americans can overlook it, rationalize it, and root for the red team anyway. Because look, if you strip away the team colors, it should be obvious to everybody that this guy cannot be our fucking president. He threatens media outlets that cover him unfavorably. He threatens political opponents with jail. He loses his temper constantly like a child. According to a recent story in the Washington Post, he apparently can't be bothered with national security briefings. And and, and we'll talk about the motley crew of far-right fringe theory nationalist backwards-ass neo-libertarian theocrats that he's cramming into his clown car. Our cabinet later on in the show, but virtually every new name they've floated has terrified me more than the last one. And when I step back from this and I try to look at it without my blue shirt on, I'm pretty sure I see the same terrifying fucking thing. You know, I see a low intelligence bully who ignores rules and precedent moving into the Oval Office. I see a citizenry that's largely willing to cocoon themselves in whatever dubious news sources feeds them the flavor they like. I see a large base of armed, angry supporters that would remain in his corner even if, in his own fucking words, he shot someone in the street. And I see it all happening when World War III is just dying to break out in at least three different places. There's long been an argument about how much involvement skeptics should take in politics, and there are plenty of people who think we should still try to avoid it. They try to maintain an air of political neutrality even when one side nominates and elects a climate change-denying conspiracy theorist who promotes long-debunked economic policies from the 1700s. But I don't know how you can justify that at this point. I, I, I feel like it's clear at this point that this country has never needed more political skepticism and it's just as clear that it's never had less and in old news today (laughs) Donald Trump announced last week that he will not be pursuing criminal charges against Hillary Clinton for her not illegal use of a private email server No word, however, on whether the Justice Department is going to look into her use of an aid to run laps with her dedicated Pokemon Go phone. (laughs) I swear to you, if Mike Pompeo hears that joke, he'll open an investigation. Just you watch. (laughs) You wait. And in pre-inaugural war starting news, the Ayatollah Khomeini warned on Wednesday that Iran will retaliate if Donald Trump does the thing he's shown every indication that he's going to do and continues to promise to do. In a related story, I'm actively learning to subsist on freeze-dried legumes and astronaut ice cream. It's not that bad. Once you get used to it, it's not that bad. We got those Baker buckets, too. We're all yeah, set. Yeah, hell yeah. In performance dehancing drugs, legal sales of recreational marijuana kicked off in Juneau, Alaska this week. According to local residents, you can, like, see Russia from here. Uh, Filipino Donald Trump Rodrigo Duterte received international condemnation last week over a proposed law that would allow his government to jail children as young as nine years old. Supporters of the proposal point out that nine-year-olds are generally assholes. That That's valid. They are, yeah. In espionage, the Supreme Court of Norway rejected a lawsuit filed by Edward Snowden and refused to promise that they won't extradite him to the United States if he shows up in Oslo to receive a free speech award. The final sentence of the ruling said, we're everywhere, biatch, love always the NSA. <laughs> right. In other sporting news, Jimmy Johnson is the best at driving in ovals, matching the all-time record of legendary oval drivers Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt. Luckily, none of us should be alive long enough to have to explain this kind of shit to the post-petroleum world. <laughs> well, best at driving in leftward turning ovals. Well, right, yeah. right, we don't know. We, don't, we about, have no idea about the other side. Yeah, anyway. that's true. 
Moving on, in tennis, native Londoner Andy Murray defeated Novak Djokovic 6-3-6-4 to clinch the championship at the ATP World Tour Finals and ended the year as the number one player in the world. Murray plans to use his substantial winnings this year to pay for a team of assistants to carry around his wheelbarrows of British pounds so he can buy food. <laughs> Astronomers announced the discovery of an underground deposit of water ice that measures about 3,000 cubic miles or over 12,000 cubic kilometers. Co-author of the paper announcing the discovery, Jack Holt, points out that the reservoir, which is only a few feet below the surface, could offer a sustainable resource for anybody who might be going to Mars due to any recent elections or anything. <laughs> I mean, planning a journey. And famous people dying. Former Cuban president Fidel Castro passed away at age 90 last week, leaving behind a legacy of killing JFK and getting me 10 points in my celebrity death pool. His beard hair has already been purchased on eBay in the Merkin section Never. by someone from New York City <laughs> under the username Donnie Big Hands. No idea. In related story, rum, coke. Twist a line. <laughs> and in depressing as fuck, according to a recent XKCD comic, the last Calvin and Hobbes comic strip has now existed for the majority of my life. Oh, no. That has me almost as bent out of shape as the Trump thing, I gotta be honest. <laughs> Depressed the shit out of me. Get off our lawn. <laughs> in election news, Green Party candidate Jill Stein has managed to raise over $4.5 million to fund her efforts at filing for recounts in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. If it turns out that these states had her vote totals wrong by about uh, 48 percentage points, she might end up still not becoming president. No, not even close. Not even close. And, and by the way, according to my extensive research of Andrew Torres's Facebook posts, the fact that she can't win means she doesn't even have standing to force a recount in <laughs> right. at least one of those states, which means that she's either stupid or she's just taking people's money. But in a related story, the Clinton campaign announced on Saturday that they would join in Stein's efforts. And since she actually could win, I guess it might really happen. There hmm. might actually be a reason. And regardless of what a long shot it is if there's still a road that might not end in trump i'm willing to support all of them except <laughs> armed insurrection and unless of course i get a sword well, if i okay. get a sword maybe i maybe i is anybody giving out swords you know what? i'm not gonna say that but yeah <laughs> in more election news with the final tallies almost complete it appears that donald trump won the popular vote by a little over negative two million people <laughs> just which slightly. sounds to me like a mandate for a four-year filibuster, similar to the eight-year version we just saw. No. Do, do phone books still exist? Is that really? <laughs> hope Hopefully not. they still exist. Well, but I feel like you could just crowdsource that now, right? Like just tie it to a political fundraiser maybe. Like you give the DNC 50 bucks or whatever and Dick Durbin will just read your last five tweets on the Senate floor. That'd be fun. I'd watch that. I'd actually watch that filibuster. <laughs> and while we write to our congressman about enacting that exact idea Noah just mentioned... We'll wrap the roundup and get back to being absolutely terrified of Donald Trump. I was, I was still doing that this whole time. <laughs> so Donald Trump is going to be president. Stop saying that. that. Uh, that's, it's happening. That's I happening. Know, I know. And his maniacal friends are going to be in charge of some really important stuff. Uh, everyone's dealing with this in their own way, but it seems like most of us are somewhere in the anger, bargaining, and or depression stages at this point, which is where we'll probably be staying for the next four years minimum. 
And with that in mind, we'd like to express these emotions as they relate to the current list of people being considered, and in some cases already chosen, for permanent spots in the cabinet volcano lair. In particular, we'd like to discuss our anger about their supervillain resumes, our bargaining position for alternative appointees, and of course, their very depressing physical appearances. Joining me to break it all down, of course, is fellow skeptic rat, No Illusions. Noah, um, you want to start us off? God damn it. Um, well, I hate to start off here while Eli's away, but I'm going to start us off with retired neurosurgeon and slow motion American Ben Carson. Lovely. Now, we've already reported that Ben Carson was floated for the Secretary of Education position and turned that one down, citing his lack of relevant experience, which was a surprisingly admirable admission from a guy who nonetheless thought he could be president. So instead, Carson has decided to use the knowledge he gained as a neurosurgeon for something relevant to his expertise, like running the Department of Housing and <laughs> Urban Development. What the fuck is happening? I'm just picturing Ben Carson walking around the projects in some city, just... Sprinkling a bunch of little green plastic houses, <laughs> cutting them in half with a scalpel because they were conjoined. What are you doing? What you need to do is add hotels. <laughs> Raises the value even on Baltic. Now, okay, so after admitting he knows fuck all about running a federal department, and by extension implying he knows that not knowing how to do something makes one unqualified for a job, Trump decided to float him as a potential Secretary of Housing and Urban Development here because apparently Donald couldn't be bothered to know another black guy. <laughs> one is enough. Now, we've talked plenty about Carson's bio during the primary, so I'm not going to dive too far into it here. Suffice to say, he was a brilliant neurosurgeon for a couple of years until he elected to give that up and spend his remaining years combating the terrible stereotype that associates brain surgery with smart people. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Trump was just thinking, hmm, you know who's a good doctor? That guy, House. You remember House? Houses. <laughs> housing. I'll put Ben Carson in charge of housing. He's a doctor. Houses. I think you may be giving him too much credit, though. I mean, like, honestly, his, his thought process might not be that complicated. <laughs> and, of course, the truly terrifying thing about this appointment is that now only 12 people we'd need to spontaneously die in order for Ben Carson to be our president. Oh, my God. He'd be 12 away? Yes, yes. And this, what honestly, it bolsters my theory of assassination insurance, right? Like, I feel like Trump's whole cabinet strategy is to make sure that every person in the line of presidential succession is at least as terrifying as himself. Yeah, I'd actually rather he not leave office. Oh, yeah, right, right. It would just get worse. No, I, uh, I certainly don't want Pence. Nope, absolutely not. So um, next up, we've got Trump's pick for the next attorney general, and that would be Jeff Sessions. Yep. I'm going to start by pointing out that his full name is actually, this is unbelievable, Jefferson Beauregard Sessions <laughs> wow. the third, the motherfucking third, like that was necessary. Oh my god. You can't say his name without a banjo. Right? Absolutely. And I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure that means he owns a plantation and spends his spare time as the bad guy in Mark Twain novels. I think that's how it works. Right. And either owns or is a rooster. <laughs> Either way, here's what I do know for sure. As a U.S. Senator from Alabama, he voted for the Iraq War. He supported two different attempts to make a national ban on same-sex marriage. Fuck you. Didn't work. Eat it. He opposed the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And he was one of nine senators who voted against John McCain's bill that now prohibits American soldiers from torturing people. I'm going to repeat that last one. He's pro-torture. Jeff Sessions, 
the next attorney general pro torture. Yeah. Like the president that's appointing him. Look, I get it, right? He was the first senator that supported Trump. He was in his corner the whole time, et cetera. So Trump had to give him a job. But you don't make a guy like that the AG. You, you give him some useless appointment like ambassador to Tahiti yeah. or head of FEMA. <laughs> Something like that. So Worked really well for George. <laughs> what other fun detail? Sessions thinks that all those scientists might just be lying about climate change being a thing. Right. And that's why he voted in favor of banning the Environmental Protection Agency from being allowed to fucking protect the environment by regulating carbon emissions. And I'm assuming he enjoys backing up this stance by having a fun, rowdy snowball fight with James Inhofe every so often on the Senate floor. (laughs) Which usually ends when his mom yells, Jefferson Beauregard from the big house, and he has to run home. <laughs> Sorry, mama. I was proving there wasn't no global warming and we didn't come from no monkeys. <laughs> but perhaps the most disturbing thing about Jefferson is that he's such a fucking bigot. Right? Yeah. Like, he couldn't get mm-hmm. confirmed for a federal judgeship even back when our country was 80s racist. <laughs> I, I remember the TV shows from back then and the cartoons, guys. Look, among other allegations of racism, he reportedly referred to the African Americans in his employee as boy, said that white lawyers that represent black people are a disgrace, and open, openly joked about how awesome the Ku Klux Klan would be if they just didn't toke the reefers. Because what we really need uh, in American law enforcement today is some racism. We need to try that for a change. What the fuck? And um, not surprisingly, Jeff Sessions looks like the racist guy millions of Americans were yelling at and throwing mashed potatoes at during their family dinner last Thursday. My alternative choice for Jefferson Beauregard would be hmm, uh, my actual cousin, Vinny. <laughs> He's also a bigot, but like cashier at a New York City pizza place bigot. Which is much easier to deal with than Alabama lawyer bigot. Yeah, right, right, exactly. At least it's more spread out. And while we're still doing silly-sounding old-timey names, I should uh, mention Trump's terrifying choice for the Department of Education, one Betsy Devos. And I'm sure that's not how it's pronounced. I'm sure she pronounces it like a hoity-toity way. That's why I'm going to call it Devos, just to piss her off. Now, (laughs) I should note that Ben Carson was originally floated for this job, of course, turned it down since he lacked any relevant experience, as we were saying earlier. And as though he wanted to prove that he could find someone even less qualified and get him confirmed, Trump dug up old Betsy. And the extent to which she is unqualified is truly breathtaking. Baffling. Not only does she have no relevant degree or work experience in education, but she's never attended a public school, nor did she enroll her children in them. In other words, if you're allowed within 500 feet of a school, you are almost certainly more qualified to run the Department of Education. In fact, as near as I can tell, the only qualification she has of any kind is marrying into the Amway fortune and looking like a cancerous version of the mom from Family Ties. Yeah, uh, apparently ignorance's strength is literally the theme of Trump's cabinet. Right, <laughs> right. But here's the thing. If we're putting outsiders in charge of stuff, then why aren't we getting like an Amish guy in charge of the military. Like, be consistent. Yeah, right? right, exactly. The dude or something. So so who is Betsy Devos? Well, she's a billionaire heiress that's never held a real job. 
her and her husband co-own an investment firm, but when you and your husband are both billionaire heiresses and heirs, that just means that you spend your money sometimes. She's also a huge supporter of school vouchers, especially as they pertain to publicly funding religious schools. In fact, it's reported that she's personally donated more than $200 million to various Christian schools and Christian homeschooling programs. And to put that number into perspective, that's slightly over 21 times as much as she donated to the Trump campaign. Yeah, uh, her, her plan for public education is approximately the same as the privatized fire departments in Gangs of New York. <laughs> right. As much as I'd love to see mobs of mercenary teachers brawling with each other and yelling math at kids to get in there first, this is not a great plan. That would be fun. Sitting in a proposition, get him. <laughs> yeah, and, and by the way, I should say up front, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I promise not to go all shape-shifting interterrestrial lizard aliens on you here, but if there's such a thing as the evil families that control the world, she's definitely in one of them. <laughs> Right. Okay. Her father, Edgar Prince, was an industrial tycoon who basically bankrolled the religious right his whole life. Her husband's family fortune all comes from a bullshit and now illegal pyramid scheme. And her brother is the founder and CEO of Blackwater. So if evil is genetic, your kids are fucked. They go to public schools. (laughs) All right. Next on the list, we've got chief strategist Steve Bannon. Many people were already familiar with Mr. Bannon as a founding member of Breitbart News. That's the far-right conservative propaganda machine described by many prominent media sources with terms like horribly misinformed, read Big Fat Liars, also anti-Semitic, sexist, racist, and generally all-around xenophobic, with Zeno here approximately referring to anyone who couldn't vote in the antebellum United States. Right. And just to put things in perspective, Breitbart gets attacked from the left by Fox News. From the left, which is an impressive feat, uh, laterally speaking, but still (laughs) terrifying as a source for a (laughs) high-level presidential advisor. You try to visualize that, you get the Music City miracle, right? And, (laughs) and, you know, I feel like once Trump announced that, it was incumbent upon the entire national media to stop playing that, you know, maybe he'll do sane shit game. See, the problem with idiots is that they think really stupid people are smart. They can't tell the difference. (laughs) That's how it goes. All right, so uh, one other fun fact about Steve Bannon. He literally considers infamous supervillains, like the worst ones, to be his personal role models. This is real. (laughs) Right. During an interview with The Hollywood Reporter last week, he actually said the following words. I'm not making this up. Quote, Darkness is good. (laughs) So evil. Dick Cheney, Darth Vader, Darth Vader, Satan, Satan said, Dick Cheney, Darth Vader, Satan, darkness is good. That's power. It only helps us when the liberal media gets it wrong, when they're blind to who we are and what we're doing. End quote. They're saying that the media has been unfair to Darth Vader. It's not. It's anti-Sith. Very similar to what it sounds like. Yes. Wow. And uh, now he's basically the top advisor for the next leader of the Galactic Federation. This is really happening. <laughs> this fiction is happening in real life. And uh, he looks like Michael Moore stopped grooming himself quite so well. Like, <laughs> like Professor Moody quit Hogwarts to work on his neck beard. God damn it. As an alternative, I guess um, I'd say Magneto might be a good idea. Oh, there you go. You know, less pushback from the Jewish Anti-Defamation League. No anyway. other, for example. <laughs> 
So next up, we have the most terrifying pick, a superlative that could be equally applied to all of them, by the way. And that would be Trump's selection for the head of the CIA, Kansas Republican and chief Benghazi conspiracy theorist Mike Pompeo. And look, I know this list still has juicy names like Newt Gingrich, Chris Christie and Sarah fucking Palin on it. So maybe Pompeo isn't the most humor laden nominee to talk about. But this shit scares the fuck out of me. Right. This guy is all about some warrantless wiretapping. He jerks off to thoughts of black site prisons. He well, supports. I mean, well, I mean, but but like actually doing it, not like just in a video, <laughs> right? I mean, he supports bulk data collection. He is also pro torture, yeah. like most of Trump's nominees. Yeah, oh what the fuck? You know, Pompeo supports that thing that establishes who we're supposed to root against in the action movie. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to imagine this guy's very first thing once he takes over won't be demolishing literally every teen center so he can build Gitmo branch offices on top. <laughs> right, Jesus. exactly, exactly. Once he's done taking care of the who's down in Whoville. But nearly as terrifying <laughs> as his long record of being pro all the terrifying and evil CIA shit is the fact that Mike Pompeo is partisan compared to other Republican congressmen from Kansas. Right. When he was asked on Meet the Press why his investigation into Benghazi took longer than the congressional investigation into Watergate, he replied, this is worse in some ways. <laughs> in fact, I bet blowjobs to handjobs that the main reason Trump nominated him was because he was the meanest to Hillary during that hearing. But one way or the other, we're talking <laughs> about putting a hyperpartisan in charge of all the spying, and that should be plenty enough to scare the fuck out of you. And if it's not, he's also a wholly owned subsidiary of the Koch brothers. Wonderful. And uh, finally, we have Donald Trump's stated goals for the type of person who will become the next Supreme Court justice. And he wants someone who is, quote, as close to Antonin Scalia as I can find, end quote. That's I, the model. I hope he just means dead. <laughs> like, you, you, but, but like literally, like the least scary way to interpret that would be literally like if he just wanted to dig up the grave next to Tony's and prop that corpse up on the bench. <laughs> and considering Donald Trump's term is going to be over in about four short tenths of a decade, it might be reasonable for the Senate to wait until the next election before deciding on a replacement. Well, that's true. Scalia, <laughs> that's true. I mean, as we all know, they'd hate to choose someone that goes against the will of the people. They've said that, so maybe we wait. But uh, just in case they do agree to resume their jobs all of a sudden next year, they'll most likely be looking at people very similar to Antonin Scalia, who was an absolute monster. Yeah. Right. And I, I mean, I know this is a little tarnished as far as silver linings go, but but the good news here is I was thinking about the other day, like RBG really only needs to make it out three years by the new rules. <laughs> right. I mean, Mass. but they're like they were completely justified if she only if, if she makes it like even two years and nine months to be like, I don't know. It's pretty close. It's your <laughs> rules, guys. Yeah. So a uh, quick look at some of Scalia's official opinions and public statements. He was firmly against a woman's right to choose and was constantly trying to get Roe v. Wade overturned. Mm -hmm. He was in favor of the Bush v. Gore decision and claimed that the irreparable harm to Al Gore of counting all the votes in Florida correctly was not the issue. Uh, right. What, yeah. what, like, who, who the fuck knows? Not to mention all those years he kept Han imprisoned in that carbonite. <laughs> yeah. He was also in favor of the Citizens United decision that made corporations into people which makes elections and politicians way more purchasable by rich people now. Mm -hmm. Side note, regardless of political affiliation, 
Americans overwhelmingly want money removed from politics as much as possible. Like 80% of people, all people on either party side, and that's a low-end estimate. Right. And allegedly, Donald Trump agrees with all those people. So it seems like he wouldn't be looking for Scalia clone here. Well, but then again, Steve Bannon might be using a Sith mind trick, but <laughs> I mean, right or get over it. maybe the you do, you do, you don't trick. Honestly, it's Donald Trump. But look, <laughs> it, you, you take this away. We are literally one Merrick Garland away from a majority reasonable Supreme Court. And instead, we're going to spend the next couple of decades waking up to the judicial hangover of that one Tuesday when we got shit faced and decided to try something crazy. Like, using Scalia as your model for a Supreme Court pick would be like using the Bible as your code of ethics. Uh, so if you didn't vote, really fuck you once again. Oh, God. But worst of all might have been Scalia's horribly bigoted stance on gay rights. Yeah. For example, he claimed that homosexuality is similar to murder, polygamy, and cruelty to animals. Right, and, that, and not just the way Eli does it. <laughs> no. Normal and homosexuality. Since we can't make it illegal to discriminate against... Murderers, animal rapists, and Mormons, goes the argument from Scalia, <laughs> it would be irresponsible to protect gay people from discrimination. Wow. On a different occasion, he literally claimed that if we make homosexuality legal... What? Yeah, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> then we'd also have to legalize, quote, bigamy, same-sex marriage, adult incest, prostitution... Masturbation. What? Adultery. What? Fornication. What? Yup. Bestiality and obscenity. What the fuck? End quote. <laughs> yeah. So he also might have been an idiot in addition to a bigot. And uh, let's not forget that he looked like George Costanza ate Newman and gained his essence. <laughs> uh, I guess as an alternative to another Scalia, I'd say uh, Hal from 2001. Bit more reasonable, yeah. maybe? Right. I, I mean, if you're literally looking for the closest thing to Scalia, you're going to have to nominate a, a lump of spam served with an ice cream scoop on top of the neck hole of a fat suit. <laughs> and again, like the cadaver example from earlier, that would almost certainly scare me less than whoever he picks. Yep. That's real. All right. So uh, before we wrap it up here, you have any final thoughts? Uh my thoughts are never final, but yes, I do. I want to apologize to the rest of the world for what we've done again. <laughs> Unless it comes out that like British hackers rigged our elections so something would look stupid compared to Brexit, in which case I want to apologize for what the British have done one way or the other. <laughs> really sorry about that. Yeah. Everybody. And that's going to do it for episode 41. Thank you, of course, to No Illusions. And thanks to all the listeners that liked us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and send us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like David, more pie, Nate. Tiglath, Matthew, Pete, Craig, Satan's swampy asshole, some Indian guy, Beth, my Canadian fiance Susanna, other Nate, Kiovar, Jake, Corey, George, Caleb, Ben, Jason, Kane, Evan, Chris, Susan, Jeff, Justin, Dave, Zed, Donovan, other Matthew, Laurel, Lady Yaga, Laga, Lady mm, Laga, okay. yeah, sure. Sebastian, Christian, other David, Jordan, Robert, Dodd, Snow, Jacob, N-E-T-S-E-C, Heathen, 
Ian, Bill, Other Chris, Cameron, Nathan, The Inciting Incident Podcast, Kevin, Roger, Mark, Nasser, Sean, Third Matthew, Zach, Alex, Jeffrey, Tim, Doe, Eric, Patrick, Mark, Mary, Helen, Sin, Renee, Bill and Ashley, Matt, Colby, Emily, Other Bill, Other Jason, Ted Cruz for human president. Oh, no. One more bill. Don't say things like that. <laughs> God damn it. He made me say things like that. One more bill. Michael, Pamela, Capital Three, Robert, Victoria, Brad, Jody, Dean, Kellen, Alexander, Richard, and one more Matthew, whose genitals are so far out of their partner's league, they could be the next first lady. <laughs> and whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist and God Awful Movies, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or, of course, the deep web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide, or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. First sentence. Okay, I got this. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck. It's so fucking hard. You write out the words so. Uh, oh, it was like pen is red. It was so. Yeah, I right, right. Type. It's like I, I'm sorry in a sitcom Jesus. or whatever for a guy or uh, I was wrong or whatever. There's. Uh, I love you for the font. Yeah. <laughs> so Donald Trump is gonna be president.